0: So if you haven't been with us through the preceding weeks of Advent, our our theme has been looking at how Jesus comes to us uh, in His Word, specifically through the four Gospels, uh, that Advent is all about Jesus' coming. And Jesus comes to us largely through these four accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, that give us basically uh, much of what we know about Jesus. It's how we're introduced to Jesus. And uh, we already talked uh, uh, in week one about how Matthew introduces Jesus to us as uh, the fulfillment of God's plan. Uh, a man, but not just any man, the man, uh, the <coughs> Uh, Offspring of woman promised in Genesis 3.15 to crush the serpent's head. Uh, The offspring of Abraham promised to be a blessing to all nations. The son of David promised uh, to reign uh, over the house of Jacob forever and bring eternal peace. As Gabriel referenced to Mary in our gospel lesson today. Uh, that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's uh, age-old plan uh, to bring us salvation, which we can rejoice in the salvation for its own sake as well as uh, the assurance it gives us that God follows through on His promises, that His plans will reach uh, their fulfillment. Uh, And as we said that week, uh, you got to love it when a good plan comes together especially when it is a plan for our good uh, we talked about how mark introduces jesus as the coming king full of action and energy and how that calls us to uh, respond to welcome him with equal action and energy to cast aside every idol of selfish desires or even fears that would stand between us and welcoming Uh, Christ as King and Lord of our lives. We went out of order last week uh, to talk about John's gospel, which introduces Jesus as the one who has really been here all the time, the creator of the universe, uh, who we become aware of uh, through the means of grace he has given us, how he reveals himself in baptism and the Lord's Supper as the divine Son of God, who comes as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world, offering Himself as the sacrifice to pay for the guilt of our sin, so that we can live with Him forever in everlasting holiness, righteousness, and innocence. So this week, I'll give you one guess what gospel we're on. Uh, We get to Luke's gospel, appropriately, I think, for the the last one, even though it is out of sequential order, because Luke's gospel is the one we most associate with Christmas, and that Luke uh, gives us a very special and unique uh, way to wind up uh, the introduction of Jesus in the gospels. Uh, as, uh, Luke uh, introduces Jesus as a, a sturdy foundation uh, for our faith and lives. And uh, we see that in a number of ways that's not necessarily intuitive, uh, interestingly enough. That Luke, for all its familiarity, it's the one we hear every Christmas. There were in those days uh, shepherds abiding in the hills by night uh, and so on. That uh, the way it actually introduces us to Jesus and the, the purpose of that may fly a little bit below the radar. I mentioned how there's an ancient tradition in the church of associating the four gospels with the four different animals uh, of the the faces of the living creature uh, before the throne of God in Ezekiel, which is four different living creatures, uh, as it's referenced in Revelation. Uh, Luke is where I kind of think it breaks down as... Uh, something as a means to really kind of lean on heavily, uh, that Luke was historically identified as the ox uh, there because uh, the oxen or the calf is a sacrificial animal, and Luke begins with Zechariah offering sacrifices in the temple. As a whole book, however, John's gospel, as we talked about last week, has... uh, a lot more sacrificial uh, imagery and connotations than Luke. Uh, that L- Luke's emphasis, th- as you read through the whole book, isn't really about Jesus' sacrificial role so much as John. Uh, but th- it does start out with a fair amount of uh, action in the temple, And it is fair to say, if you take the oxen as an example of a pretty sturdy animal, uh, you can maybe associate it in that way, Uh, that uh, Luke is as sturdy as an ox uh, in the way it introduces Jesus and the way it introduces us to think of Jesus as the foundation for our faith and life. As I mentioned, it, it does start off with a lot of action in the temple, actually. Not only does the angel Gabriel uh, show up uh, to announce to (coughs) Zechariah the uh, coming birth of a son, John, we also see uh, after Jesus' birth, uh, when he's brought to the temple uh, for the dedication, as prescribed by the law of Moses, he encounters Simeon, Uh, to whom it had been revealed by God that he would not die before he saw the Lord's anointed one. And when he sees Jesus, he prophesies that this is the Lord's anointed. And we sing his song often in our liturgy, the nunc dimittis. O Lord, now you let your servant depart in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. For my own eyes have seen the salvation prepared for all people. Uh, after Simeon gives witness uh, to the importance of this this uh, eight-day-old child, uh, Anna, the widow, uh, likewise recognizes him and speaks to all concerning uh, this infant, uh, that Jesus' identity and significance is announced in the temple just after his birth. And we also get, again, like the other two episodes, uniquely in Luke, Uh, the description of Jesus' boyhood uh, visit to the temple uh, where he remains behind after his parents head home. Uh, They finally realize he's not in the caravan and they go back and find him uh, amazing everyone in his discussion with the the teachers in the temple with his profound wisdom. And... uh, also significantly when they ask him, what are you doing worrying us like this? He says, didn't you know I must be in my father's house? And as a quick aside, I'm not going to, It's we're taking kind of a global view here, but I would dearly love to preach a whole sermon on that uh, text because it's very profound and significant, actually. You can make all sorts of tie-ins with... um, Jesus being remaining in the house of the Lord, similar to how Hannah in the Old Testament left Samuel dedicated to God in the house of the Lord. Uh, and Han- the song Hannah sa- sang in rejoicing over the miraculous birth she had to give birth to Samuel uh, is largely echoed by Mary's song uh, in the New Testament in regard to her miraculous birth. So if you want to do some extracurricular uh, follow-up, uh, doing some comparison between Samuel and the fulfillment of that in Jesus is an interesting one. Back to our uh, our text. Uh, we see uh, Jesus' activity in the first two chapters of Luke uh, being recognized in the temple, uh, And so there is a strong temple attachment here, but unlike John, which is focused on Jesus as the sacrifice that takes place in the temple, uh, if you look at these these events, they're not so sacrificially focused, but uh, about a prophetic discourse uh, that it's about the word of God uh, coming uh, to His people in the temple. And and that temple location highlights that it is the word of God, that this is where God speaks and proclaims this individual, this Christ child, is an important one. He is the son of God who is in his father's house uh, when uh, he is in the temple. That in the temple, God's house is occupied uh, when Christ is there. And as uh, the voice uh, from heaven will later say in Jesus' baptism, uh, how that applies to us, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. And Jesus speaks uh, through, out of the temple in Luke. Uh, but it's not just in the temple, uh, because we also see really the most famous uh, introductions of Jesus in Luke happen outside the temple, even Arguably outside civilization. Uh, In uh, the angelic visit to the shepherds watching over their flocks by night in the hills outside of town in the remote areas. Uh, To Mary in Nazareth as we read about in our gospel lesson. And if uh, you're not aware, Nazareth was not a bustling metropolis. Uh, This is kind of Podunksville uh, one horse town, uh, and I uh, sort of place where when uh, Nathaniel is told, we, We've see, found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, his response is, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Uh, that God isn't just speaking in the temple, he, He's speaking uh, far and abroad here to announce the coming of the Messiah, the birth of our Savior. The birth of god 's son, and that 's really the the primary focus of Luke as you have all these accounts the uh, uh, the the uh, announcement to Mary uh, in Nazareth, uh, the announcement to the shepherds in the hills minding their own business, random guys just doing uh, their job the uh, revelation to the teachers in the temple, uh, the revelation to the general populace in the temple at uh, Jesus's uh, dedication. Even, uh, I mean, you want to talk about taking it to the nth of the degree, God sends an angel to announce to Zechariah the coming of the one who's going to announce the coming of the one. Uh, That the one who is coming is coming. Uh, That there's a lot of announcements going on here Uh, that uh, like a proud father handing out cigars at the birth of a child, it seems like God is handing out angelic visitations. Hey, my son is going to be born. Have an angelic visitation. Uh, That it's uh, everyone is being told. The word is going out Uh, and people are hearing who have not yet seen being told what is coming. In that respect, I think this is a very advent gospel. <laughs> again, you can associate the gospel with every season of the church here if you wanted to because they tell all of Jesus' life. Um, but there are certain ones, again, if you want an extracurricular assignment to uh, assign different seasons of the church year as the primary focus of each gospel would be fun. I actually had it in my notes last week and didn't bring it up that John's gospel has a very epiphany flavor to it as uh, the, highlighting the recognition of the one who is already there. Uh, that in the beginning was the word, but all of a sudden the word became flesh and we could recognize him. Well, Luke's gospel is definitely Adventy, I think, because it, it has so many announcements uh, that Jesus is coming. And for that matter, it even concludes uniquely with the promise of uh, even as you have seen Christ ascend in clouds, in the same way you will see him descending in clouds of glory when he comes again. Because of that, as we in Advent uh, hear Luke's gospel, uh, the application is clear for us. Oh you look at Gabriel, Zachariah, Mary, Elizabeth, John, the shepherds, Simeon and Anna. Oh what is their response? What is ours? I didn't even mention uh, uh, Elizabeth and and John. Uh, already, that when Mary goes to visit her relative Elizabeth, Elizabeth immediately recognizes how blessed am I that the mother of the Lord should come to me. And even John in the womb leaps for joy, uh, recognizing the proximity of the Savior. That their response uh, to uh, the coming of Christ is a model for us and instructive for us, uh, which Luke actually establishes as his purpose for writing uh, in the first words of the gospel, Uh, that uh, Luke introduces his uh, gospel as asphalt, the Greek word asphalia, actually, uh, but it's the word from which we get asphalt, Uh, that Luke writes to Theophilus saying, I am writing you these things so that you can know the asphalia of the things you have been taught. It's often translated as the truth of the things that you have been taught or the certainty of the things you have been taught. But I think it's interesting and helpful to note the, the specific uh, and depth of meaning uh, that is attached to that word. That it's not just the word truth, uh, which is a different word, that it's a word that occurs only two other times in the New Testament, but in both cases has the idea of security and safety. In Acts chapter 5, uh, Luke all, uses that same word uh, for the uh, jailers describing. They found the jail securely locked, uh, even though uh, Peter was no longer in it because God had miraculously rescued him. Uh, The word there is translated securely. Uh, Paul uses the word in 1 Thessalonians 5 uh, to uh, point towards the coming of Christ again, uh, saying while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come. Uh, There, that same word is used and translated safety. Uh, The the word asphaliah doesn't just refer to intellectual certainty or uh, objective truth, but to the broader idea of something being uh, secure, established, uh, reliable, uh, and uh, dependable being securely and safely assured. And I think that's a good uh, depth of meaning to bring to it that it, uh, applies in this context as well. Uh, that the, the facts and information Luke shares it isn't just so we can have a, a cognitive awareness, this actually happened, uh, but uh, actually have a, a safety and security uh, that comes from knowing those things. That, uh, Luke is laying for us a, a sturdy foundation. Uh, and that safety and security in the message of Jesus that he, he highlights does begin with the assurance that the story of Jesus is durable to stand up to a historical investigation. That Jesus isn't just some guy who showed up sometime and said, Hey, look at me. That from the very beginning, from his birth, this was announced beforehand uh, by God, by angelic visitations. And this is a powerful and unique aspect of Luke uh, when you consider, again, John introduces Jesus as basically having just always been here spiritually and became manifest uh, through his birth, an uh, in incarnation. Uh, Mark introduces Jesus as a, a grown-up. Uh, Matthew introduces Jesus just by saying, Mary was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then an angel shows up to Joseph to tell him what to do about it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the lead-up to that is just Mary was found to be with child. Uh, Luke gives all this background about stuff that happened before Jesus was born to establish saying you can look into it. I've researched it carefully Luke says and Jesus is from the even before his birth and just after his birth and as a boy was recognized as a special individual of divine significance. The other aspect of this, then, when we apply that, is that the story of Jesus is durable to stand up to the test of time, turmoil, and temptation. As the fact that we are still talking about it 2,000 years later testifies, uh, that the story of Jesus uh, is uh, durable enough that through the, the challenges uh, of persecution, Uh, and uh, exploitation uh, that others have tried to either suppress or take advantage of this story for their own purpose. It has nevertheless come down still to us in power, uh, proving that this is a durable, dependable uh, story that we can lean on, that we can lean on the truth of the gospel and depend on uh, this for all our lives actually a lot more durable than asphalt, which has to be regularly patched, and some of your roads may may give testimony to that on your drive here. Uh, The story of Jesus is one that stands up forever against anything, that we can lean on the gospel, we can depend on the word of Christ, no matter what may be going on, what challenges or turmoil may face us. Uh, to support us and give us, keep us grounded, keep us uh, uh, in the assurance of, of our safety and security because the world can never rip that rug out from under us. You can lose your job, you can lose your health, you can lose your loved ones. Uh, but the story of Jesus and what he has done for us, the truth of uh, who he is and what he has done can never be taken away that 's what this is ultimately about that the safety and security we have in the message of Jesus is because it is true and because Jesus is himself so strong, strong enough to defeat death and the devil when he was tested in the wilderness, the devil could not lead him astray uh, when he was faced uh, with uh, the agony of the cross, he did not turn aside. And when he was given up unto death, even death in the grave could not contain him, for he rose again on the third day. That's a God you can depend on. As we go through the difficulties of life, which happened even at Christmas, uh, we needs that that foundation, as we mentioned before the service we 've got prayer requests about people who are going through incredibly difficult s- circumstances. We had two funerals this past week uh, we uh, have even the any number of stuff that didn't make their way into the prayer request, people who are struggling with family relationships, people who aren't here uh, to celebrate, uh, people who are struggling with uh, drug and alcohol dependence and addictions, uh, with so many different things that would tear us apart. That's why our celebration isn't just a a celebration of the peace on earth that comes from all sharing eggnog and and sugar cookies together. It's the peace on earth, uh, the stability and security that comes from a Savior who has come to us, who has borne all our griefs and sorrows, our suffering and our shame, our guilt and our sin, and has won the victory Uh, by his sacrificial death and triumphant resurrection and ascension to the right hand of God in heaven. As we look to him and depend on him and what he's done, we have a, a solid, sturdy foundation that will never fail us. And may that peace that is beyond all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as we await the day of his glorious return. Amen.